we have green. Awesome. Thank you. So if the people who are coming up could come up now, that would be great. And just um, a story from my life this week that encouraged me. I was heading into an audit and my lovely cultural auditor, his plane from Fakatani had been cancelled and then had left early and so he was running late, which is tricky going into a Maori provider. And I arrived at the door and I said something which I wouldn't normally say going to work. I said, it's all been a bit chaotic, but God's got this. And the woman said to me, what? What did you just say? She said, I did an Alpha course last year, and I was asking God how we were going to do this too. And I was so encouraged just that we, and we just had a completely different audit because we'd connected as fellow believers at the beginning of our, our time together. So, um, you know, just be encouraged. God is moving in this city. God is changing lives. God hasn't changed, even if it doesn't seem as obvious to us at the moment. So we've heard from Kieran and Joe, and we've heard from Anita, and we heard last week from Jasper, and today we're hearing from another group of ministry leaders within our church. I was trying to figure out how many years of faith are sitting up here on the stage. I did my own maths, and I'm doing 31. How about you, Joyce? How many years? Yeah. Okay, 50, Alistair? 50 plus, Alistair? Over 60, Paul? 49, Alistair? Okay, so there's 200 years of Christian experience sitting on the stage this morning, which is pretty exciting. So we're carrying on with those same questions that we've been looking at, and um, we're going to start with Dennis, who's not here. He's um, created a video of himself. Um, answering the questions, so I'll get you to pray that, play that for us, please, Rachel, and then we'll hear from the others. Dennis here. So I'm not there. I'll explain why. Question one: Where do I come from? Hmm. What do I do? Hmm. Well, I'm a much-loved son of God the Father. He really delights in me, and so does his son, Jesus. Uh, he's got his eye on me, actually. And I'm really looking forward to seeing that face and feeling that hug, and I want to hear the Father's voice when he sings. Because he sings over us, you know that, don't you? He sings over us. Uh, in the natural, I'm number four of six children born to school teachers during and after World War II, living in country areas. Um, in fact, our first house was a fisherman's house hut on the banks of the Opehi River outside of Pleasant Point. Ask Brendan and Tanu if you want to know what that's like. And of course, long drop toilets and no electric hot water, no fridges. Those things sort of did come along over the years, and um, but there was no news overseas debt. New Zealand was owned by New Zealanders, and the waters were rivers were clean. Um, so what do I do? Well, Araha was started here in Parklands 14 years ago. We just had a birthday actually, um, and it's a church service aimed specifically at um, intellectually disabled. There'd be, Jill Baines is probably about the only person left on that original team. I joined about two years, 
two years later. Um, people came and went over the years. Um, but Jim, Jim Holloway was there. Jim and Joy used to come along and right from the start, and Jim has just rejoined our team actually, playing guitar again, which is incredible considering he could hardly move a wee while ago. Um, Paul and Helen Williams are an integral part of the team. We really depend on them, and it's a good team that we have, Mary Paling. Uh, it's really good, just a little team. So about four years ago, after I joined Araha, about two years after it started, and four years ago I was asked by Enrich if I would come and work for them as a chaplain, just on the strength of what I've been doing in our, I've been involved in Araha. And so I transitioned from electronic engineering to Enrich. Now Enrich, a charitable trust aimed at, a Christian charitable trust aimed at meeting the needs of intellectually disabled. And one of the things we do is we run the chapel out at Templeton every Sunday morning, which is why you seldom see me here. Um, we do visit houses, day bases, we run a, help run a number of other events and things throughout the year. Yeah, it keeps us busy. There are, really, there are three of us, but there are really only two of us doing any visiting and um, um, covering all of Christchurch out to Rangura, down to Rolleston. It's, yeah, we're spread pretty thinly. And the board's getting older. Um, and really needs, yeah, be beautiful to have some younger members. As with, it's been beautiful in the Araha team, we've just had some younger people join and it's really, that's really great. We appreciate having younger people there. Now, yeah, Paul Hampton comes every week, bringing Alex, which is, well, every month, I should say. Is that all from Dennis? Awesome. Thank you very much. I'll swap you, Joyce. You guys can have your mobile. Oh, sorry. Okay, so <coughs> these guys have had a short period of time to prepare. Um, so the question you're starting with is where are you from or what do you do? So, Joyce, let's start with you. Well, this morning I just came from around the corner, actually. It's not very far away. So I am, I am really a local lass, actually. Do you want me to go way, way back from where I originally came from? No. I'm a <laughs> I was born in Greymouth um, a few years ago now. But no, I am local. We, um, when we were married, we, first built, we built our first house here in Parklands. That was uh, over 50 years ago. And, but, and so the children were born here in uh, Burwood Hospital and they went to the local schools here until um, we moved to the other side of the city to go to Middleton Grange School. So they did the rest of their schooling at Middleton Grange and I was working there at Middleton Grange School. But then after that, we decided to come back to this good side of the city and so we did. And so I've been uh, in this Parklands area ever since and I'm still here. And what was the next question? What do you do? Oh, what do I do? I don't do anything, I'm retired. <laughs> I've been retired about 20,000 times. Um, I'm here at Parkland's Baptist involved in the craft group and I'm also involved uh, here in Move and Groove. But um, my working life, can I just go back a bit? In my working life, I, 
worked a lot with um, uh, non-profit organisations. Mostly I worked with non-profit organisations like schools and health providers and other charities. My last paid position was at the middle, uh, was at a New Brighton Community Gardens where, where I am still involved as a trustee and as a volunteer. Uh, I do a lot of volunteer work all over the place. Uh, I drink lots of coffee. Uh, I am retired. I was um, born in Dunedin. <laughs> and I paved the way to the new high school that started up that David and Jill went to as well, later on. <laughs> and uh, Dunedin had another good thing in store for me too. When Winston came down to Dunedin, uh, she was 17 years of age to teach his training college, 17 for just a, a month or two. And uh, then I met her because I had to pick her up for a prayer meeting on a Saturday morning. I was very grateful for that, very grateful. Um, we got married after she had graduated, after four years of knowing each other. We got married and uh, shifted to Christchurch and uh, lived out at Kaiapoi. And we had our first child then. Then we shifted to uh, Timaru. We had 20 years there, another two ch uh, children. Uh, that's where I was involved in Youth for Christ, and uh, very much so. Uh, that's how Winston and I met through Youth for Christ, and then I became a director in Timaru for about seven years. I worked in a law office. I used to say to people, I work in the law office um, to pay the bills, but I do full-time Youth for Christ. Um, and uh, because that's where my heart was. That's where I came into ministry, full-time ministry in Timaru, and had 10 years at the church that I was attending. And I moved on from there and went to Eltham. Um, my our children were grown up at that stage, and uh, we spent some time there, and then we came back to Christchurch. Then I became a pastor here with Roger Spicer, and that's where Joyce came on as well as part of the staff back then. And uh, then we left here, and uh, we had uh, a couple of years in Taranaki at the church there, and then another year helping a church down in Dunedin again, back to my home territory. It was strange going back after so many years. Um, but I think Christchurch is my home. I've lived far more here in Christchurch than anywhere else in my life. And... Uh, Canterbury's my team, although um, Otago's my sort of heart team. Um, but, but I go for the winners. <laughs> my interests outside of the church is with, uh, with the indoor bowls, and I, uh, and I meet with a whole bunch of people that uh, generally don't go near a church. Some of them do. Um, and I have some good conversations with them but my main interest right at the moment is with the foot clinic. And that's where Alan and Jan were involved and were there at the beginning about 10 years ago after the earthquake. I came in about four years ago to help Alan and then Alan decided he's going to finish. So it was a quick learning curve. But I really love it. I really love it. And we've got our clinic coming up on Friday. I'll talk a bit more about that later. Hello, Paul Cunningham is my name. I was born in Christchurch, 1955, at a very young age. And um, basically, we were born here and then we moved to Tamuka for my childhood. 
and, uh, and also to Nelson for my teenage years, pretty simple and straightforward. There's a lot of story behind that. Um, I was in the Presbyterian Church, but, um, and it was a lovely family we lived in, or I lived with, my parents and everybody. But uh, I'll try and find better words to use. Um, excuse me, the phone's notes went, and I left my glasses at home. Isn't that really great? So I'm going to wing it. You always start off an excuse when you talk like that. Anyway. Um, so, that's okay, thanks. They're too strong. <laughs> but uh, essentially, um, I came to faith approximately the 23rd of March, 1972. Um, approximately. In a, in a Youth for Christ meeting. And um, I was confronted with the fact that Jesus was a personal person, a person who would become your personal saviour. My life changed that day. I look back to that day and I tell my 17-year-old self that my whole life changed that day and everything came from that. And I don't regret a moment of it. It's been awesome. All the troubles and all the good times and bad times. Um, So the Presbyterians' upbringing, everyone I believe had their faith, but it was never talked about on a personal level. So it was just like mind-blowing description, although it was a lovely girl telling me about it, so that was helpful. But God did meet me that day. And, um, and I've never been the same again since, in a way. But I went on to working next year, the next year into an apprenticeship, an electrical apprenticeship with the electricity department. So I moved all around. And uh, I met a friend called Kevin. I re- I'm mentioning him for a reason. And um, we did our apprenticeship in different places and spaces every six months we moved around New Zealand. Um, I came back to Christchurch, uh, sorry, Nelson. I keep mixing those two up, strangely enough. Um, and met Carolyn, who happened to be popping into town for one day, up from some um, Associated Churches of Christ meeting up north. And we met, and um, things started to spark from there. We got engaged after nine days of meeting together. Um, it was actually not nine physical days, it was just a nine days being together, as it were. And we got married later on the same year, and we moved to New Plymouth for two years. And we couldn't find an Associated, Baptist, uh, ba- Associated Churches of Christ, so we had to go to Baptist. Sorry. Um, but uh, two years in there, um, uh, this guy called Kevin rang me up from Christchurch, and he had married a lovely girl, Christian lady. Uh, did I tell you he came to faith during that time we were together? And um, he came to ask me to join in the business. So we decided to up stakes and come down to Christchurch. And he was going and he was at this little church called North Beach Baptist, who was changing its name to Parklands. And we arrived just as the concrete pad was poured down the road, 46 Queens Park, which is now the library. And so the church built that building. No one else. A guy named Bill Price took a year off. He's another sparky, by the way. And, um, and he ran it, and we got a couple of labourers in, and uh, we built the church. Um, so it was a wonderful time, and uh, we, we kind of became part of a fellowship there. Uh, I'm trying not to get too involved, but we, we started the Daughter Church, and we went to Dallington for a decade, and then on to Redwood for 14 years. And now we're back again, back to our old... Although you change buildings in the meantime, you know. But why I'm saying this is that I've come back on here, and, and a number of years ago I was an elder, and I was asked to look after the building. And so being involved in the first building and now this building, I kind of wonder what was going to happen that was 12 years ago at least, and so the cycle comes around. It's just been a, a fantastic, interesting time, but I can talk about that in a minute. That's a little bit of my history. Lots of cutouts, but yeah. Uh, yeah, well, my story's a wee bit uh, similar to Paul's. It's like a dog and a vomit, really. Returning. 
<laughs> returning. My first connection with this physical location was uh, I came out here with some friends for an overnight sort of camp, um, and we were uh, with this fire set up, and I sat down and I thought, oh, it was a nice night, there was a clear sky, but my hand was quite warm. It was strangely warm. And then I, I'd forgotten that this was actually once a dairy farm, and there was a cow nearby. <laughs> so I had to go home and wash my hands. And so, um, so yes, that was my first connection with this church, physical connection. I grew up in uh, North New Brighton, uh, about 200 metres from North New Brighton Rafiti School, um, and about 400 metres from uh, New Brighton Baptist. And um, when I was 10 years old, my uh, younger sister and I went to a holiday programme at the school, and Laurie Berry was there, along with Newton Dodge, and uh, they talked about uh, the love of God and the things that we do to get in, in, in the way and the need uh, to be made right with God and the cross of Jesus and the purity that comes through that. And um, there was something very different about those guys than I was used to at home, and uh, the joy, they had a joy about them that I didn't have. And so uh, I didn't really follow up with that at all, that, uh, that program. But some months later, might have been a year later, I was in a farm in North Canterbury. My father used to get really sick. So we would spend some time uh, as kids up on a farm in North Canterbury with some people who became like our second parents. And I was out in a paddock one night and uh, just felt light all around me. Um, and I started praising God. Don't know. Don't know why. But I had an encounter with God as a 10 or 11-year-old, as a lot of kids do. And um, so, yeah, that was my second encounter with God, really. Um, and in my late teens, I was working in an engineering factory, um, pretty big place, um, and there was a fellow there who uh, had, had the grottiest of jobs, but he uh, had a lot of time in between his tasks. Um, he had this really grotty, oily, stinky, hot little workplace that he was at, but he always had his Bible open to, to read during uh, these intervals between the tasks. So sometimes, uh, you know, when I came back from lunch early, I'd go and see what John had been reading. Um, never talked to him at all, but read that regularly, maybe every couple of weeks, maybe a week, every week. Just maybe didn't understand a thing. But uh, when I was 22, a friend of mine, Colin, uh, became ill through uh, drug and alcohol stuff, and uh, he died. And so went to um, his funeral in Invercargill, and it was there, I got really angry that, hey, uh, he had died at 24 on the cusp of a lot of things. And just flying home, realised that he really wasted his life, his drug and alcohol stuff. And it was at that point that I decided I was going to become a Christian. Uh, I was with some friends, and they had an immediate impact on our friendships. Um, sort of things changed. Um, on the plane coming home, I was talking to somebody who I later 
came to uh, came to the realization that they were a member of Parklands Baptist Church on the, on the plane. So when I came home, I uh, got a Bible and decided that I would I'd read the Bible from one end to the other. And so I was started off in Genesis, taking notes along the way. My reading reading level was really low, so it took me ages to read anything. And uh, the thing that impacted me was the book of Judges, about how God reached out to people um, when they're in dire states and, uh, and, they, and blessed them, and then they wandered away and came back again, and God reached out, and God was always reaching out, but these clowns just didn't get it. And so um, that was about the only thing I could remember. But I got through to John, and then one night I was at the kitchen table having having dinner with my parents, and I started to to weep uncontrollably. Um, and I realised that, hey, that book of Judges was about me, that God had been reaching out to me. Uh, so I went into my bedroom and, and said, look, I'm sorry for neglecting you all these years. And my life was instantly changed. Um, I didn't go to church at that point in time, but I had another friend, John, who was a recovering alcoholic. He was a binge alcoholic. He would go away for weeks at a time, binge drinking. So um, he said, oh, do you want to come along to an Alcoholics Anonymous retreat? I said, oh, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And so we went to this monastery, the monastery that used to be down um, Bower Avenue. And uh, John didn't turn up. John went out on another binge. And so I was left on trying to explain that I wasn't an alcoholic. And so um, I drank heaps of coffee and smoked heaps of cigarettes. And uh, while I was there, there was a couple of recovering alcoholics said, hey, do you, wanna, do you want us to pray for you? And uh, I was sick of telling people I wasn't an alcoholic. And so they said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. But unbeknown to me that they've been praying and fasting for me, which was very humbling in retrospect. And so um, they knew I was coming to this retreat. So we... They took me aside and um, the Holy Spirit came upon me. Uh, it was like my whole body was burning. Uh, the person who was praying for me was able, was God told them things about my life at two or three yearly intervals. It was like that. And so uh, after this happened and I recovered so that I could stand up, uh, the doors couldn't contain me. So I went to, the, went to see my friends and told them what had happened to my life and um, outside of the community. And so, but I was still quite confused. So I, um, I rang up what was called Bible College of New Zealand in those days and said, listen, I've been reading the Bible. I'm really confused about some of this stuff. And can I, is there a course I can do? And they said, oh, no. There's, um, you need to be part of a church first. So I, that's, I remembered uh, New Brighton Baptist Church and um, they were no longer there, they were down the road. So I turned up there in 1983, uh, was involved in uh, part of the youth group for three years and then part of eldership for a number of years before 1989 or thereabouts. There were 16, 16 of us, uh, children, one young person and adults, uh, refounded um, one only Baptist church, and so we married Kim in 2008. It was 2008, wasn't it? And um, and uh, it was, was it? 
Okay. And so, and then uh, when the earthquakes came, 2000, uh, yeah, whatever, um, our house was red zone, and I became mentally unwell. And so we decided to, um, to relocate to where we currently are, so um, at Parkland. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's my story. So, Lisa, I think it would be good if we just um, skip to the vision for the future for the ministry that you have now. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just finish here, I think. Thank you. Awesome. So, Kim, are you telling me that I spoke too long? Yeah. So, could you please <laughs> talk about your vision for the future and then allow the others to do so too? And what ministry you're actually here representing? What do I do, Paul? Um, home groups. Okay, okay. Right. So, uh, yeah, coming back here, uh, the, ho the small groups were full. So I spoke to Chris and said, look, we want to join a small group. And he said, well, they seem to be full. Uh, do you want to uh, start one on your own? I thought, not really. Um, and, oh, there's nobody leading the small groups. Do you want to lead those? Well, not really. And so, but uh, coming to the point, Kim, just coming to the point, um, I've been in le leadership for 28 years, uh, leading uh, youth work, leading uh, eldership, uh, of being involved in eldership and leading uh, one in Baptist for a couple of years as well. And I came to realise that, hey, if you're not in a small group, you're missing out on a lot in terms of character formation, in terms of uh, holistic character formation. If you're involved in a ministry group, it's not the same. You've got a task. And a lot of my friends, once they finished leading stuff, they just left church. Um, and I came to see that, hey, having been away for a while, how much people at Parklands had changed, and I don't want to embarrass Jill, but uh, Jill Baines, I'd love embarrassing Jill Baines, but anyway, uh, I just noticed that Jill had, her, her character had changed. I'm not saying she's any better or any worse, but in terms of she had matured so much, and it was because she'd been in a small group for so long and leading uh, and being involved with people through fair weather and foul, that, um, yeah, just had grown sort of holistically. And I, uh, I realised that I'd actually missed out on some of that stuff by being involved in leadership for so long. And so um, that's why I would like small groups to be more at the centre, because that's where we grow of Parkland's Baptist Church. And, um, and so... My vision for the future is, is that, hey, it's interesting today that the word courage has come up a few times. And uh, Kim had this quote from C.S. Lewis. He said that courage is the greatest of all virtues because it ties all other virtues together. And uh, that we will be a group of people in small groups who will be courageous enough to ask our neighbours to join our group unapologetically and so that that is my vision for the future yeah Paul so Paul would you like to talk about your vision for your area around the building is that okay this is number three is it we moved to three. Oh dear I don't I know if people I people want lunch eventually I don't know if I can <laughs> handle this um oh, I'll try to You're I'll try to you good small group mate good <laughs> I can't do it. I've got to do a couple of things here. Okay, all right. Sorry. You do what you need to do for um, 
essentially the experience of the, of the building was just a building, guys. Look, it's just an awesome building. But it is just a building. Our faith is what counts. But essentially, the, the process of doing the building, the experience was amazing. It was uh, with Mike and Chris and myself managing or project managing it even. Um, the camaraderie, the putting up with each other, the agreeing together, that's big. And it went so well. And, and I just cannot um, thank them enough for being part of that group and the, and the gift that God gave me this gift, I think, of, of seeing God in people. Is that it's badly worded? But I, I just see God through people. And is that good? Yeah, and it's just, it's always been my excitement. And, when I, and so people to me are so important and relationships are so important. And, uh, and in a way, um, Lester said a wee bit about it. I want to see a church. I, I, I wish and I pray for a church that reaches beyond the troubled times and becomes a triumphant church, the one that doesn't... We, we go from trouble to trouble. In fact, I secretly think if we're too successful, we get a bit... We, we muck it up. So we say, God, give us success. Give us good success, but uh, keep us humble, or something like that. But I, I pray for a church that succeeds, and not in the way that we look big and great, but in the way that we touch our community, that we rub shoulders with our friends and our neighbours and our workmates. Um, the people around us, and we see God moving in wonderfully life-changing, miraculous ways, far more than we do now. That's probably. Thanks, Paul. Um, the ministry that I've got myself involved in, and willingly, is the foot clinic. Now, that's one ministry that won't ever die, um, because our nails keep growing. And the people we're ministering to are senior folks. Um, we had one just, uh, he's passed away this last year, but he was up to about 101. And you still have a good conversation with him, and, and uh, it was really wonderful. But we got a lot in their 90s and a lot in their 80s, and, and I'm sort of down the next rung. And, uh, and I still do my own nails at the moment, but I'll be glad to get the ministry off Johan at some stage. Uh, and people ask for Johan, actually, and I've always got to keep saying, look, you, you get who you get. And, um, but the ministry started, as I said, around about nine years ago, after the earthquakes and a real need from the church here, how can we reach out? How can we be hands and feet literally, for the Lord. And this ministry came from that. And we've got 18 volunteers, most of them from our church here, who volunteer um, to do this ministry once every seven weeks. We have, uh, we had one stage we had 77 people that we were cutting nails for in one afternoon. We do it once every seven weeks on a Friday from half past 12 through to about four. And so we have, uh, it's a regimented getting them through. But the folks just love coming. They just love coming. They, they can't get there quick enough. And they can't believe that we're only still charging $10 after almost 10 years. So it's not the money. It's the people that we're concerned about. And it's amazing how you build relationships up with them and even though you have a short time with them, those who cut the nails and those who, who massage their feet afterwards, that's the way you get your nails cut. Get them soaked, cut, and then get your feet massaged. 
no wonder they really enjoy it, but they have conversations with you. And you pick it up from the last time you saw them. And it's amazing. I've had opportunities as people have shared some of the things that have happened in their life. Can I pray for you? And then I just saying, hey, hang in there. The Lord loves you. And we love you. And, uh, and they know that um, we're a church here and that we're unapologetic about who we are. But I think we try to be wise in how we speak about the Lord as well. And so that's why I get excited. And we've got our clinic coming up on Friday. And uh, we're looking forward to a good time. And uh, we don't know who will turn up. We hope most of them will. Some of them forget. <laughs> and, uh, but that doesn't matter. But, I, but my vision is that we will see people from there cross the barrier and come from out in that foyer into here worshipping with us. That's my dream. That's my vision. That uh, I can't do it. The team can't do it. But the Holy Spirit can. And we want to be the hands and feet for the Lord. And that's why I get excited. That's why I get excited when I hear the young people the other week um, coming up and sharing. My dream for you young people, because that's where I started. Somebody, when I was 15 or 16 years of age, gave me an opportunity to give them a testimony. Gave me an opportunity to read the scriptures. Gave me an opportunity to give, um, um, you know, maybe do a wee mini sermon. And that stretched me. I didn't think I'd ever do it. But I never thought back then that I'd end up being a pastor. And so it started with those. And I get excited for you young people. And I pray that our church will give them opportunities. I'd like to see all you young people up here, week by week, serving the Lord. And we give you permission to do that. That's my heart. Well, that's an act to follow, isn't it? Um, let me just say that when I was first approached to um, come and join the team uh, to lead this um, craft group, I was actually very apprehensive, very apprehensive to start with. One, because I didn't fellowship here and I thought, mm, I'm not sure whether that's what I should be doing. Um, and two, I didn't really know too much about craft. But then as I went away and prayed about it, I did get um, a little bit of excitement. So I thought, okay, that must be, that must be the okay thing to do. And I also realised or was prompted to realise that I knew a little bit about craft, because, this craft group, because I used to walk in and out of this craft group many a, a day when I was working down here as a children's leader. So I did know something about the craft group, and um, so therefore I willingly took it on. And it does excite me. I'm going back a wee bit, sorry, but it does excite me now. Um, it's wonderful to see the woman. The very first day that uh, we started up, realised that we've only been going about eight weeks, I think, um, the very first day we, we started back, the faces of these women coming into this beautiful facility out there was amazing. They were so overjoyed to be coming back in to the, to the craft group, and it was wonderful, and it continues now. They are still very excited. So I personally, I'm very, very grateful to be able to share my faith with these women. It's really, really good. So our vision, we've got a, a, a vision written down here, which I will read to you because I won't be able to remember it all. To build sustaining and worthwhile relationships 
through the expression of God-given talents and passions to build and to sustain an environment of unity among all ages and cultures by representing God's love for all. So that is our overall vision. So that's what we're doing. We're encouraging people to build relationships. And my dream would be that this would become a little hub, really, a Parklands Baptist hub, all these other ministries included. But we would like to see, I would like personally to see um, more things happening here, like um, alongside craft, I mean, um, an exercise group that's been mentioned, so there's something there to think about. Um, Teaching younger people crafts, e.g. knitting, crocheting. They're really keen to learn, so maybe there's another little thing. So let's dream, let's dream. And another really long-term dream that I have for, for here would be to be able to have a midweek service, a midweek service, including all these people that come to the craft, that come to the foot clinic, that might be coming to exercise, that might be coming to these other things. We can dream. We love to dream. Okay, so if we can hear, if Dennis gets the last word, he'll be four. Dennis has got four more minutes of his five. Okay. Yes, Helen, we know. Okay, let's give Dennis the last word and then I will pray for the, the, the people who've shared with us today. Thanks, Rachel. excited. Delighted, pleased. Um, I love it when I see people laughing and smiling when they come to a meeting. Just so pleased to be there. And um, I love it when I see faith and hear faith in people's eyes and their hearts and their life. I just love seeing people's faith increase, just whether intellectually disabled or not. And we do get a lot of support workers coming to these meetings, of course, and not all of them. Believers, but it does make a huge difference to the residential houses that have Christian support workers. That's invaluable, it really makes a big difference. Um, so, yeah, I just love seeing salvation grow, seeing faith arise, and uh, it can be slow progress at times, but it's worthwhile. So, challenges the challenges are mostly what faces the church of Jesus in New Zealand at present in general because obviously we are in in a time where things are getting increasingly difficult, going to get increasingly difficult. The laws that are coming out are aimed at a direct assault. Psalm 2 says, Why do the heathen rage and the kings... Yeah, they conspire against the Lord and his anointed, saying, Throw their shackles from us. And and um, so I think, for instance, that charitable donations to Christian organisations are probably somebody's probably working right now how to stop those. So, but God has kept us going up till now, and so we just have to trust that He who's in us is greater than He who's in the world, and God is well able to continue to supply our needs and to keep us going. But that's what it comes down to, because. We run sail pretty close to the wind. Um, yeah. Challenges, other challenges. Well, like 
there are only two of us and there are hundreds and hundreds of houses in Christchurch and lots that I've never visited. And the more, if we visited, the more visiting we do, the more we could grow both chapel and things like Araha and the other ones that run. But yeah, there's just constraints on how much we can do and how much we can get out there. Um, Now, what is my vision for the future? What are my dreams? What I'd really like to see much more of, and this is in the church and in general, is, is changes, more change to lives, because some of the people that do come, their lifestyles a bit dodgy, and they can sing songs happily, but I'd love to see the word of God really get in and produce change life. I love to see, yeah, and the barrier, the the differences between spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, sometimes a bit grey, but I'd love to see more power of God coming to change lives. For instance, a lot of people have seizures, and you remember in the Bible where Jesus and the three came down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and a Father had a son who through shocking seizures and Jesus delivered him. And I would love to see more power in our ministry to discern what is spiritual, what is just emotional, what is just mental, bring healing, emotional healing, and where there is a spiritual enemy to, to see that removed. So more power, more people hearing the good news of Jesus being touched by him and having their lives changed. So that's my vision. It's not necessarily one of numbers, so of course we all want to see more numbers, but it's more power, more change. Because if we don't reach the people of New Zealand for Jesus, then things are going to get pretty sad. Yeah. So that's me. Cheers. So what gets Is that the end? Thank you. Okay, so thank you so much, all of you. Sit. Paul, sit. Um, so I just want to pray. <laughs> I just want to pray for these people before they go. They're obviously keen to leave. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for the lives of people who've lived their lives for you over many years. They've seen your faithfulness through the good times and the bad times, the fun times and the tough times. Lord, we thank you for their passion for you, their passion to see you growing your spirit, growing in this church through different ways that that we reach out and touch the different lives of the people who come through the door of this church. And Father, we just thank you that we can sense your spirit moving in so many different ways across our young people, across Move and Groove, Who Let Their Dads Out, Movie Nights, across the 24-7 workers, across Queen's Park Primary School, and across all the ministries that you call people to. So Father, we thank you that we wonder sometimes what's happening, but as we pause and listen to one another, we can hear what you're doing. We can hear the lives that have changed whether it's through physical care, emotional care, mental care, spiritual care. We just thank you that you use us in this church to change the world around us. And Father, use us to do so much more. So we just ask that you bless each person in the ministry that they're part of. 
And may they know your hope and joy and peace and abundance. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. So last week we finished with... You're allowed to go now. Um, Last week we finished with praying for one another in small groups. And I got a lot of feedback from people who really found that encouraging. So today I'd like to encourage us to pray again. Maybe you go and pray with one of the leaders of one of the ministries that really interests you or that you'd like to pray for ongoingly. Maybe there's somebody around you who's unwell. We've got people who are sick in our family at the moment. So I just encourage you to either pray where you are or go and pray with somebody and encourage somebody just for the next five minutes before you head out to have a cup of tea. So that's our time together today. Thank you for being with us and we look forward to seeing you next week.